cliffcentral.com Anthea, who's been on how many flights? Four flights? And uh, you were in Nice and you spoke to the suspicious Austrian man? <laughs> Indeed. So, four flights in five days. Oh, spoke, thanks. Spoke at a um, at the book festival, literary festival in Neisner. So, I don't know what. Hundreds of people. Hundreds of people. Uh-oh. And, of course, shook hands with all of them, signed Uh-oh. their books. You're definitely a carrier. <laughs> <laughs> She's coming in here like she's uh, perfectly clear. She's going to pass some it on to us. Some of those people have, uh, so in Neisner, some of those people have probably been in Italy, like, right? out there on the Alps and stuff. Oh, yeah. Let yes. me see. Is this, am I about a meter away from you? <laughs> yeah, what's the social distancing required to stay away from Anthea? I All right. But, um, I think Anthea must use that mic on the Anthea, outside of the studio. I'm not, I'm not that interested in whether you're contagious or not. What I'm interested in is your take on the markets. I mean, my God, we've had probably – this is the biggest crisis since 2008. It may even in some long-term way eclipse it, right? Mm. Oh, definitely. Um, so we're officially in bear territory. Which So bear territory is defined by a 20% fall from the high. And all the major stock market indices have fallen that. So it's now a bear market. Um, you, you know, so what I was thinking before all of this was that we're in the late stage of a global economic cycle, which means that we're probably going to see some sort of slowdown in economic growth and a recession. But I was expecting that at the end of this year or maybe even next year. And what COVID-19 has done is just brought it forward and brought it forward quite dramatically. Are you saying that you were pricing something so as we were severe expecting, as this in? No, definitely not. No, okay. Absolutely not. My God, we that were, would make you Nostradamus. Exactly. And oh, my crystal ball needs polishing. Mm. Um, we were expecting a slowdown and we were looking to move towards more yielding assets than risky assets. So we're talking bonds, money market instruments rather than shares. And particularly we were looking at staying away from shares that had weak balance sheets because that's the real trick. And we'll get to that in a bit. Um, but yeah, this has all been kind of so, so in the beginning it was all initially we thought oh, the media is making too much of this. It's a one PE event, a one price earnings ratio event, and it's over, markets will bounce back, consumers will start buying, companies will generate revenue profit, and it's back to normal, right? But it hasn't happened that way. It it really has been, as you called it, a shit show. Um, where I, I still think traders and investors have overreacted, mm-hmm. but it's not it's it's irrelevant what I think, right? The market is obviously stronger than me or bigger than me. And so I, I don't think it should be as bad as this yet, but it is. And here we are today in a bear market. And now where to from here is the question, right? So the Fed, central banks have gone out of their way to cut interest rates and to pump uh, easy money into the economy. So the U.S. Federal Reserve two weeks ago cut interest rates by half a percent. And then on Sunday night, they cut it to zero. So rates in the U.S. are now zero. And they're pumping $700 billion of easy money, we call it, quantitative easing, into the system. Ideally, what should happen is that because interest rates are low and people are paying zero interest rate on their debt, so mm-hmm. no interest basically on their debt, they should have more money to spend. 
banks with the $700 billion should effectively be supportive of businesses. But we saw in 2008, and this is the thing that really annoys me, in 2008 where government did quantitative easing, released all this money, bought bonds, put money into the banks, and the banks actually didn't effectively pass the money on. So they kind of kept it in their vaults, if you like, in theory, right? Because it's not that simple. It's a bit more complicated than that. It's not like you go to the bank and and the bank and you're a business, you go to the bank and say, well, I'm struggling. Can you give me some money? That's not how it works. Can I ask you a simple question, which may not be so simple, because I know some people who are really, really smart who've struggled to answer this, but it seems to me like an obvious and logical one. There was all this money in the system a little while ago. There was all this value in the system, Right. Yeah, I don't know like, how you're measuring that, but okay, well, I mean, go with it for let's, now. Let's say, for example, that the the stock market was at what twenty eight thousand or something. The the Dow Jones. Yeah. So now all that value has been wiped. That money hasn't been destroyed. It's like energy; you can't destroy it or make it out of nothing. It's it's got to have gone somewhere. Where is it gone? Where is this money? I mean, okay. does that sound like so, a stupid question? No, it's a very clever question. Actually, very clever. Let me explain. So. When you say the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 is at this level and there's a whole lot of money in the system, that's paper money. Mm -hmm. So until you sell out of, let's say you own shares or units in the Dow Jones and it's at 30,000, until you sell it, you don't have cash. You don't have money. It's paper money. So you've made a paper profit. Then it falls to 20,000. You haven't lost any money. You've made a paper loss. You only actually see that loss when you do sell. So in 2008, the mar- let's say the mar- – I don't know what the level was. Let's say the market was at 25,000 in 2008. In October 2008, it fell by 40%. It's probably around 20,000, I think. It fell by 40%. If mm-hmm. you had sold out then, you would have crystallized your losses. If you'd held on to your money two years later, you would have been at the same level okay. and not even noticed anything, right? So this is paper wealth, really. Three years later, you would have doubled your money. And I think that's very important to remember when you're thinking about the stock market and your pension fund and invest and investing because so risk mm-hmm. – Just like people panic buy toilet paper, which is stupid – you don't want to panic sell shares when the market's like it is now because it's going to probably re, recoup Calibrate. its losses and recalibrate. And you'll be in two, three, four years maybe if it's really bad, you'll be back where you were. Exactly. But only if you sell now are you in stock. Exactly right. Only if you sell now do you crystallize your losses. Okay. And, the, and just, you know, so so we all understand it the same way. When you say it's it's a paper loss or a paper gain. It's because it's not linked to anything. It's not linked to gold anymore. It's not linked to a, a, a thing that is a particular weight and size. It's linked to a dollar, which no. they can print more. So it's linked to the value of the company that you're invested mm-hmm. in. And the stock market always forward prices. So it always prices forward. So when I talk about price earnings ratio at 20 times, it means that if you buy a share for 10 rand, it'll take you 20 years to get back in earnings that money, right? But the market always works like that. So it may not take you 20 years because there's a whole lot of other issues involved. And so inflation and increase in revenue, increase in profits, it may be two years, it may be three years, it may be 40 years if it's a bad company, for example. Right. Now, let's speak about bad companies for a minute because there are going to be some people who lose out tremendously from this. Here locally, we've seen some ugliness on Sassel. 
Right. I mean, what's happened You want there? to talk about Tyson? Well, yeah, I, th- I just think that we need to understand how the bottom of the barrel is looking, and then we need to look at companies. I just read a story about how Amazon is hiring 100,000 more employees, and they're putting in a higher wage for those employees, and they know that they're going to have lots more business because people are buying online, and they're buying their supplies, their basic needs, their food, their loo paper, <laughs> things like that that have obviously become... Uh, matters of survival for some people. So you've jumped the gun a bit because the next stage of what we're going to talk about, so we've seen the market crash and we've seen an absolute disaster and everyone's panicking and this panic selling is driving me insane. But what you should be doing is buying, right? Because when there is fear... With what money is that's, my- <laughs> and, and, and so that's, that's the issue. If you had cash, yeah. if you had some cash, now would be exactly the time okay. to be investing. And as I was saying, when we were rebalancing our portfolios earlier in the year, we actually ended up not sitting on cash, not as much as we would have liked, um, but certainly a little bit so that we could start buying companies that we think have strong balance sheets. So I have such interesting conversations with my friends. One of them yesterday was saying, surely we should be buying Adcock Ingram because they make Dettel, right? Dettel's their brand. But actually, Adcock Ingram, from a fundamental and analytical point of view, really has a weak balance sheet. It's indebted. Um, and Dettel probably is not a huge generator of revenue for them overall. So that's probably not a good one. The next one everybody asks me about, everybody, including listeners, by the way, <laughs> messaging me going, should I be buying Cecil shares now? Last Thursday. <laughs> um, I did buy some um, because I do think it's overdone. The inputs for Cecil are probably falling in price, but so is their output. So their ability to be a price maker. Mm. It's bottomed out. I'm not sure it has. So what we're concerned about with Sassel is because actually, you know, this Lake Charles project, which they've spent, what is the number now? It's like a crazy billions of rands number, um, has un- unfortunately put them in a lot of debt. And, and so companies that we look for are companies with strong balance sheets, not a lot of debt. And Sassel suddenly is sitting on huge amounts of debt. And not only that, but if the banks... If they breach covenants, so if they fall below, I don't know, 100 rand a share or whatever, then the bank suddenly says, but actually the, 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 um, guarantee you gave us as shares is now worth nothing. It's 30 rand a share. You gave us a guarantee at 100 rand a share. We're going to have to call in this, this money. Hmm. Um, Sassel, so I, I think Sassel below 30 rand, oof, I mean, I couldn't believe below 30 rand. Sure. Um, <laughs> was, Scary because you didn't know if the banks and the lenders were going to then start calling in their debt from Sassel, <laughs> giving back their guaranteed shares, or if they would give them an extension on this debt. And then Sassel on, I think it was Thursday afternoon, put out a statement, a rather arbitrary statement in my opinion, saying that they weren't breaching covenants and that they had until the end of June um, and they renegotiated their debt until the end of June. Like, they didn't actually say anything tangible because initially we knew that at 800 rand a barrel of oil, that was kind of the absolute bottom where Cecil was in, in dire straits, breaching covenants and going to fall in a heap. But then they, they said something about 580 rand. We're still trying to figure out what Cecil are doing. But I think all they did, all they did on Thursday was just say to the market, oh, calm down. <laughs> and then the market did actually because it's now trading at about 
when I last checked, 40-something. They're going to talk to us about taste. I mean, they put out a thing. Taste holdings. Um, I didn't see their sins. There's so many senses going on at the moment. And the shame of it is if you're a company reporting – like you're just wasting your time, actually. Let, let so me voluntary liquidation. Oh, are they now in voluntary liquidation? Oh, wow. I didn't actually okay. see that because I we don't have. Oh, that's we don't um, cover it. Domino's. Yeah. Who else is in the test group? Um, I think Fisherways, uh, Steers, isn't that taste as well? I think no, that's Steers. Is, steers is, is, is famous. Steers is oh, famous. famous. I got them mixed up, right? All right, so I'll find the sense here's, for you. Here's a, a basic question. Where can we put our money at the moment, other than in cash, which you said would have been preferable if you could go back and rewrite, let's say, the last six months? You take out some money and you put it into cash so that you can buy now while things are cheap. Right. But where, what, would you buy? what would you buy? You, you've, you've always told me you don't like gold. You don't see the point of gold. Because <laughs> you're not old. Because I'm not a pirate. What, what, would, you, what would you buy? So I'm looking for companies that have strong balance sheets, and I do. Th- I have bought Sassel. I so will shares. admit, shares we're talking about shares, shares, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, yeah. Let's talk about shares for now. I, I, I'm yeah. still. I, I think there are shares with that have good value. Um, companies like Redefine, which is a property holding company, they're on a yield of over twenty percent now. You're not going to get that if your money sits in the bank. You know, your other option is just to leave it in cash in the bank or to put it in a money market account, which, by the way, is going to decrease in value. If they drop interest rates. If they drop interest rates. Exactly. That's exactly right. Um, so, so companies with strong balance sheets are where you're going at the moment. I don't think there is a... I don't think this is going to be a V-shaped recovery, you know, so we've crashed and I think we will recover, but I don't think it'll be sort of this is the bottom and off we go. I think we're going to sit at the bottom for a while. So you, there's, there's actually no need to go and rush in and buy shares, right? Um, in other words, it's not going to suddenly drop into the bottom of the V and then hit the hit the upshot straight away. Exactly. And, and so if you're brave and if you don't have to withdraw your money, kind of sit it out. If you've got some cash... Don't rush into it. Take your chances where you can. Look carefully at what at, at which companies you want to buy. We we're looking at it now and trying. We really are trying to fundamentally figure out what COVID nineteen is doing to revenue, doing to earnings. We have no idea how long this is going to last. So I'm not panic selling and I'm not panic buying at the moment. Kind of. All right. So keep a cool head. Um, Retail in this country looks like it could be an opportunity. I don't, I don't suppose that this panic buying is going to do any harm to the balance sheet of Woolworths, Macro, places like Checkers, Pick and Pay. They're probably benefiting from this. Absolutely, yeah. So I was thinking exactly the same thing. But again, you know, our consumer is struggling and a bit of panic buying Raises your revenue for a couple of weeks and then you're back to normal. So, fund, so, so from a macro point of view, the economy really is struggling and this is going to hurt a lot of people. And my concern with, with, with consumer shares or retail shares at the moment is that what's going to come out of this in the next couple of months is more unemployment, small businesses going under and, you know, consumers not being able to, uh, not being able to buy kind of as, as they should be or as we like them to be buying. Hmm. So w- would I be buying consumer s- shares right now? 
no. Okay. I, I really am not rushing into anything other than Cecil and redefine, <laughs> uh, which, which sounds a bit crazy, but you know, for me, it was more of a, a trading option than kind of a long-term investment. Well, here's an interesting question. And again, you know, we, we've got to be clear about this. Anthea is not giving you direct financial advice. She doesn't know what your your current situation is, and there's no way that she can. She can't know what everybody's going through or how much everybody has. So you have to figure this out yourself or ask your own financial advisor. But this is general information that may be useful to people who just want to know how to navigate the economy for the next couple of months. So let's look at this question from LW who says, Hey, Anthea, if you're saying we should invest our cash that we have lying around, how much are we talking about? Is there a minimum amount that you should invest? Or should, I mean, I think you might have answered that by saying just take it easy. Yeah, calm like, down. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to rush into things. Right? Absolutely. So the general these, rule of thumb, yes. Sorry, these people who've shorted the market in the last couple of weeks must have made a ton of money. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. If you're a trader who's, who shorted certain stocks, you, yeah, you could have made. cleaned up. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Um, show me one, though. These are, <laughs> you know? Oh, you mean, like, <laughs> you mean, that, you mean so that very few people were… were there are very few people who would be net short the markets, hmm. honestly. I, I think there were very, very few. Um, I, I think what a lot of people have done, very like generically speaking, is panic sold and sold shares… That actually had made them some money, you know. So if you were set on uh, Naspers, for example, because there's a share you'd want to buy at these levels. There's another mm-hmm. one, yeah. So Naspers. So if you'd if you'd held Naspers up to I don't know three thousand and suddenly fallen to two and a half, but you bought it at two, then of course you want to sell it when it starts falling, right? So I think that's what's happening. People are just trying to minimize their losses as the market fell. I'm not sure people were net short. Back to the question. Um, Investing in shares versus investing in property versus investing in bonds is really a lifestyle, what we call a lifestyle model issue. So if you're younger, you really should take the chance and be invested in shares because this is exactly what happens. You know, as I was going to say earlier on, risk to anybody. Risk really means that when the market hits these levels, you desperately need your money out. If you wait, as I was explaining earlier, if you wait a couple of years, you'll be back to normal and you would have made more money. But so, so the problem here for us, because everyone here is like not even close to retirement age, mm-hmm. is that if we desperately need cash now and we want to sell out of our pension funds or our shareholdings, yeah. then that's just crazy, right? You should really just sit it out and, and wait. If you do have cash, I would say, and you're youngish, and you don't, you're not going to need the money in two, three, five years time or even seven years time. Then sure. I, I think you should probably be, and this is like a very generic academic number, but you should probably be 85, 75 to 85% in shares. Okay. That's quite listeners. a lot. Ooh, a lot. Yes, because the stock market, believe it or not, generally returns. South African better. stock market? Not in the last five years, no, no but over, Jesus. over historically, over time, the stock market generally returns higher rates than any other asset class, most other asset classes in, right. you know, that, that you and I can access. There's also private equity, but that's another story. We'll, we're not talking about that today. Okay. 
All right, let's talk about the world economy for a moment because where is the money flowing as far as you can tell in terms of the world economy right now? Where is it all going? We know that the, that people are emptying out the stock markets. We know crypto is terrible, but you've never really been a big believer in that. Uh, gold, you're not a fan of. What's happening with oil and, and how is that affecting things generally? So oil has crashed and burned. I've never seen oil fall 30% in one day. I mean, these are are unprecedented times. So I'm not sure that the money is going anywhere when you say where is it going. You know, this whole idea that the stock market and investment is a paper profit or loss until you crystallize it really is kind of what it is. Like, I think... We so so if you have a company that sells toilet paper, right? Mm-hmm. And and we expect this company to grow and so let's say every year it's making a hundred dollars and then because of COVID nineteen it's making a hundred and twenty dollars, but then guess what? In June it'll go back to making a hundred dollars. In fact it probably won't. It'll go back to making eighty dollars because pe- people have stockpiled and so they're not going to buy. I I think COVID-19 is not necessarily a supply issue. It's a consumer issue. Okay. And all we're doing is consuming right now, right here at this point, and then stockpiling and then not necessarily having to consume or buy later on. Humans don't consume more toilet paper just because there's a, a virus, right? So kind of those <laughs> not stockpiles. Not this virus. Exactly. <laughs> And so those stockpiles you're going to have to use. And so the toilet paper making company in June suddenly won't make the revenues it was making before the virus happened. And and what we're trying to do as investors is figure out kind of which companies are going to survive. That's your first thing. Because in 2008, if you'd been invested in the South African stock market – Everybody who was invested in 2008 made money, right? Has made mm-hmm. money now. Um, there were no companies that went bankrupt in South Africa. Overseas, yes. This, this time it may be different. I, yeah. I think we've got listed companies that may not survive this time around. Right. Um, and it, it's all about understanding where the revenue and the earnings and the profit is going to be. And there's actually no way of, of telling. There's no way of knowing what, what's going to happen. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's as simple as saying where is the money flowing to. Well, I'm, what I'm asking then is is that the model that we had up to yesterday, I mean, when I say yesterday, I mean like two months ago when this whole COVID thing started. Um, is is that there were raw materials mostly, which were our exports. Uh, we had some manufacturing, although that wasn't where we wanted it to be. Uh, I'm talking about the South African macro economy. We had massive pressure. We're in a technical recession, blah, blah, blah. Um, are any of those fundamentals going to change tremendously? Because once everything's reset, once everything's sorted out, once we've got a handle on this this pandemic... Do you reckon it'll go back to where it was? That's what I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go back to after this. Um, and I don't think it can be the same. I, I think lots of things are going to change. For example, airlines are going to go bust. Consumers yeah. are going to go bust. Small businesses are going to go bust. And employment is probably going to increase. So unemployment. no, unemployment. unemployment yeah. Sorry. And so I don't think it's going to go back to where we were. I think we're going to go back. 
to more or less where we were, but at a lower level. Oy, oy, oy. Mm. Well, it, it has to, right? Are you spending money on flying? Are you going to hotels, having holidays? Um, you're, you're not spending as much as you normally would, I, I think. I'm I not. Think, uh, my life has come to a standstill. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, but also, I mean, so China announces this, like, decline. Of their in? in in their earnings, so China's in their GDP. growth in their growth for the first time in I don't know how long they're saying it's they've revised it down yeah down by one percent which for China it's like huge and <laughs> which part is huge the fact that they're being honest and they're <laughs> revising their earnings or their growth. Uh, expectations lower. Revising their growth expectations. Yeah. And I think for, for people like us who are selling a lot to the Chinese, it has an impact. Exactly. That's exactly right. And so this is, this is the problem, right? So we're not going to go back to the levels that people were buying. So companies that were producing and selling to China are not going to make the same revenues. Like, chances uh, are they're going to have to lay off people. Like Kumbaya and Ore, for example. We're, we're seeing an, a decrease in demand. In the short term, yes. probably even the medium term, and that's going to then affect a major part of our economy in in terms of iron ore production. So the shame of South Africa is that while the rest of the market was booming um, we and were not. growing, yeah. we pretty much stayed flat. Um, and now we haven't taken advantage of the global economy kind of boom. And now that things are slowing down. It really is going to impact us very negatively. And I'm, I'm sorry it's such bad news. Like it really is quite horrible news. Um, and, and this whole COVID-19 has triggered because normally it, it was going to happen anyway. We knew it was going to happen. We knew there's going to be a global slowdown in economic growth. But the fact that it's kind of, it's, it's been squashed and, and, Focused, you know, being very pointed in the last two or three months just means that we're now going to be in a recession for longer than or, or more of a recession. And I don't want to say depression. First of all, there's no, um, there's no academic definition <laughs> of depression. Uh, recession is two negative growth quarters. Um, so I think, you know, maybe we have four or five or six, eight negative growth quarters in South Africa. Um, hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, that's where it is. So what does a person like me or Sia do where, you know, for especially freelancer type individuals who may not be, have been, you know, quite as consistent in kind of pension fund and, and those money instruments and all of that? What what happens now kind of in this environment? And you don't have a lot of cash to put to buy Sassel's hmm. shares. What's what's the best plan of action? So the so from an investment point of view, I would say do not crystallize your losses. Don't sell. Don't withdraw money from your investments now. It is the worst time to do it. Sit through it. It's hard, sure, because really if you're not getting work, you need to get cash from somewhere. You need to make money and you'll be tempted if you've got some sort of small investment to withdraw it, but it really is the worst time to withdraw it. Yeah. This is where you'll, this is where there'll be blood. All right. Well, do you and have any, tears, baby, and tears? Do you have anything positive to share with us before we oh. uh, dismiss you on on your merry way to <laughs> to home isolation? The petrol price is going to come down. <laughs> yeah, that's good news. Yeah, but we can't go anywhere. And hopefully. <laughs> 
point. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, well, everybody, that when the Reserve Bank meets, they will finally realize that they absolutely have to give us a huge interest rate cap. Like what, 200 I mean, I, basis points? Oh, you're kidding. Have you, do you know our Reserve Bank, Gareth? Come on. You know they are such hawks. How much? I, I think, this is like drawing blood from stone. I think they should do a full percent or even one and a half percent, but there is no chance. I know those governors and they'll probably, I think we'll be lucky if we get half a percentage point, uh, half a, half a percent. You make a difference. People need help. P- exactly. People. So there's two things really. And, look, here's the problem with those guys, right? Is that our, our reserve bank have said, it is not their job to stimulate the economy. It's their job to make sure that we, we are competitive inflationary. inflationarily. Mm. Now, now, because of that, their policy, and they're a monetary mm. policy commission, is we, you, the bigger economy is not just our responsibility. And actually, even though we hold all these cards, we can't be responsible for making those big decisions about the economy at this point. It's not our job. But they need to. They absolutely need to. And I, I, I think... I mean, you know, government really shouldn't interfere with the Reserve Bank. They're supposed to be independent, blah, blah, blah. But I, they must realize that by making a huge cut in interest rates, they're really helping the consumers who are sitting there going, oh, what? Well, I'm not getting as much work. I don't have as much cash coming in. I can't go out. I can't spend. But if, you know, my debt um, decreased Cost every month, less. payments re- decreased every month, then maybe at least I'll be okay and I don't have to withdraw my pension fund. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, I, I think, one, the Federal Reserve uh, and the Bank of England have made a mistake by cutting their interest rates because when they're going to need it, they have no, they, they've okay, used no up their arsenal. Yeah, they've got no stimulus left. Um, but we're not in the same position in South Africa. We have fairly relatively high interest rates. We do worry about exogenous factors on inflation, but hey, the oil price is down. So we're, we're going to be okay for the moment. Um, and so yeah, they, they should really take this opportunity to do something about it. But the president did allude to a some kind of stimulus, even though mm. we don't know what it looks like. And now that Tito's been banned from tweeting, we'll never know what he's thinking. <laughs> Has he been banned from tweeting? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and You're talk about, about Tito. At, at the but I'm very happy. I'm, like, I'm so done with sardines and weed on his farm. <laughs> Marcus, Marcus says, Anthea, I'm rubbing my hands together for when the bottom of the market comes. When do you think that will come? <laughs> I'm ready to buy. I don't yeah. have a crystal ball, Marcus. Okay, but sorry, you, Marcus. you know, there's another saying in the market. We do love our sayings in the market. Mm-hmm. Only monkeys pick bottoms. And so we don't know where the bottom of this market <laughs> is, but it's as close as damn it. So if you excuse my language, but if you are going, if you've got cash and you want to buy and you are rubbing your hands together, then yes, you, you know, now is a good time to start looking at the Sassels, the Redefines, the Nuspasses. Which are not going to go under. Right. And they may come off another five, ten percent, but, and they may stay where they are for another year, but you don't know where the bottom is, so don't try and pick it. Just slowly start building up your portfolio. Right. Is and it worth looking at, um, at Bitvest? They've just made a big acquisition in the UK that's in the, in the, in the, hygiene and biggest cleaning company, I think, in the UK that they've made. And I mean, Steiner. You know, yeah. This. So I, um, hmm. it, it depends on what part of their revenue. It's the, the Adcock Ingram Dettel story. So Bidvest, I like Bidvest and I like Bidcorp. I like both of them actually. 
I like, I think I prefer Bid Corp more than I do Bid Vest, but Bid Vest, of course, will be benef, will, will benefit from this weaker RAND. So they make earnings offshore and as the RAND weakens, their revenue increases automatically almost just by the exchange rate. Exchange. So yes, uh, definitely at this stage, a decent company to go to buy. For me, Bid Vest, is probably more of a trading opportunity than an investment opportunity. So yes, buy some, and then in a couple of months when you've made your money, relook at that that particular share. All mm-hmm. right. And Bitcorp, you like it more? I, I do Why? like tell, Bitcorp tell just me. because of its diversification and the the earnings that it grows here, rather than the risk of offshore mm-hmm. investment. All right. One last thing. This is an email I've just got now from Barrister Tony Manasa, Principal Attorney in Lome, Togo. <laughs> okay. I know you're going to be all up for this. Now I'm. So, my dear. Oh, oh fabulous. No. No, guys, just give me a second here. I believe this guy, right? Dear, dear. I am Barrister Tony Manasa. <laughs> I am attorney at law. I'm seeking your confidence to apply for the deposit claim inheritance fund of my late client, a national of your country who lived here in Lome, Republic of Togo, for many years, until he unfortunately died with his entire family in an auto crash. Are you following? Mm-hmm. He bears no. the same surname with you. I have searched for his family relatives to repatriate his estate, but to be unsuccessful. Hence, my contact to you is for you to stand as heir apparent next of kin and receive his estate valued at $4,500,000, which he deposited in a bank before his death. Could you be able to receive the above sum into your bank account? Of course you could. I should, right? Send him your bank details now. (laughs) In fact, send him the password so that he has no issues when yes. he goes to the bank. Sure. <laughs> All right. I think that's obviously when you must be especially careful as at times like these. There are a lot of sharks running around. We know that there are lots of people pretending to be medical experts going door to door to give tests and then they rob you. Please be sure, very, I saw that very and aware. I thought these guys, they're quick, eh? Mm. Please be very aware of, of scams and criminals right now. Oh, we've got a brilliant deal for you on this. We've got a great once-off opportunity on this. Don't fall for that stuff, please. Also, don't fall in love with someone on Facebook or Tinder or Instagram at the moment because there are a lot of people who are desperate and will promise you the world. Oh, Oh, the disappointment. (laughs) Why, has it just happened for you, Sia? Anyway, I like the weather. Do you like the weather? Okay. All right. Don't fall for the crap, please, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, Anthea. All right. (laughs) Bye. Sure. Cliffcentral.com